What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 23 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, and I'm joined, of course, by my normal co-host, Corey. Corey, how's it going today? Going pretty good. Been watching uh, some baseball, just chilling out. How about you? Yeah, I'm going doing real well, Corey. Yeah, kind of shout us out, too. You know, the Deep Ball Diamond Edition got our first baseball podcast under our belt. Corey will be on there shortly. I know he wasn't on this past episode, but... uh. Yeah, definitely been watching a lot of baseball today. Uh, definitely some crazy games already so far, high scoring. But uh, yeah, now we're back on our football version. Formerly, it was known just as the deep ball, but now going forward, it's just going to be the gridiron. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. Let's start recapping what's happened in the past week. And I think there's been a couple of real big storylines. I know now they seem like almost a week old because literally right after we released our episode 22, big news just dropped like it was nothing. But We'll, we'll recap that this week. No worries. We'll kind of refresh your memory, give us give our opinions on some of the things. But uh, we'll start with news that came out, I believe, a couple of days ago, that the NFL officially extends their season to a 17-game season. There will be 18 weeks now in the regular season. And, uh, yeah, this was something that was talked about that probably would be in the works, definitely with owners losing out on a lot of money this past year with uh, not being able to really have full capacity in stands or some teams not even having any fans in the stands. But, uh, yeah, definitely with the new TV deal that's coming into the NFL, I mean, hundreds of billions of dollars. Now you have more like more networks now can pick up games, probably at more um, like they'll look at more primetime games, too. Like I know ESPN now has been like an ABC and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, Cora, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. What you think about the uh, extra regular season game? Yeah, personally. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, yeah, I like to see more football. I'll take an extra game. But I don't know what was wrong with, with 16 games. Yeah, I know they want more money, but I don't know. Just 16 games just been a thing for so long. Like, it's going to be weird to see a team finish, like, 9 and 8 now. Or, like, you're just so used to 7 and 9s, 8 and 8s, 9 and 7s, 10 and 6 records like that. That personally... I don't really love the addition of an extra game. And, I mean, players take so much, such a beating every game. I don't know how necessary an extra game is. Like I said, as a fan standpoint, it's it's good. You get to watch more football. But overall, I'm not a huge fan of the extra game. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot, like, I think to digest that, like, maybe people just, like, will see, oh, yeah, we get an extra week of football. That's great. But, I mean, like, for starters, like players, I mean, now you're probably going to see like out of the couple years going. I mean, yeah, technically now the players are going to have a little more leverage in contract talks. But like as for right now, I mean, they're still going to make the same amount of money. So their game checks now are just even smaller. You know what I mean? Which kind of sucks for them uh, at, at one point. But um, I forgot exactly what I was just. Oh, what I wanted to say is, too. Yeah. What you were mentioning about like it's been like that 16 games for so long. I think it's since like the mid 1970s now when they expanded from like 14 to 16 games. So now you're going to have so many different things with just like uh, records, right? Like now people are going to have an extra game to break most touchdowns in the season, most yards. Like a 2000 yard season now might not be as impressive as it was last year because you get an extra game to run for 120 yards. And you know what I mean? So I definitely think that's going to be really weird about how they uh, distinguish some of these records. And especially with like, the, the direction the NFL is moving with like passing yards. I mean, probably have our first uh, like 6,000 yard passer in a season, which would be pretty crazy. But like now I feel like that's what we'll call it with this extra game. There's just, it opens up that possibility. But um, one thing that's kind of pretty cool. I mean, it's not even uh, like now, I guess like playoffs, like this, and like the playoffs are pushed back a week and the Super Bowl is pushed back one more week. So, I mean, it kind of bridges the gap a little bit now between like, cause like, the end of February, I feel like, is that, like, dead time period in sports. So, I mean, that's kind of good. Um, as a fan's perspective, too, you get an extra week of the regular season, obviously. So, you get an extra week of red zone and stuff. An extra week of fantasy football, which is low-key, I think, pretty critical. But one thing from, like, the players' side that I, I don't think it's necessarily great for the players because, like you said, I mean, these guys get beat up over the course of a season. And now you're adding an extra game onto their season. And especially me, like, I'm, I'm wondering how that might affect potentially – quality of play in the playoffs when these guys have now played through that extra game I don't think it'll make too big of a difference but who knows definitely could but um went right over my head but uh, I'll talk about too I think one thing that I kind of like I know you mentioned the thing about like it's kind of going to be weird to see a team not finish like eight and eight anymore see a team finish nine and eight I don't know I kind of like that too because like you go you play 16 games you play your full season you go eight and eight it's like all right you're 500 so like 
You know what I mean? At least now you'll be either above 500 or below 500 if you don't have a tie. So I kind of, that, that is one little thing I like. But, I mean, that only happens if you're going to win eight or nine games. You know what I mean? You're either going to go eight and nine now or eight and eight. Or I mean, nine and eight. But it's going to be real weird, kind of like adjusting, like, all the records. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say just rip, rip the 500 record. I mean, every other sport, NBA, you got 82 games. Baseball, you got 162. NHL, you got 82. You, you could finish 500. It's, it's going to be weird not seeing any 500 record teams here in the NFL. But yeah, like hey, you said, eight, eight and one. Huh? Oh, eight, eight, one. Eight, yeah, you eight, could one. get a tie. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, yeah, we got a tie. We got a tie, what, once every four years, it feels like? It happens once in a while. But yeah, I mean, you're eight and eight. I think that extra game could benefit a team like that who is eight and eight. Are they still doing the, they're still doing the expanded uh, playoff? wild card that extra wild card it wasn't just for the covid season right there's permanently yeah i was like i was looking at i don't know if it's permanent but i was looking at the tv schedule now for this upcoming postseason and like yeah they have six games on the first wild card weekend so yeah that would be that would mean that they still have that extra team so uh yeah i i, I don't know if i like that too how do you how do you feel about that the 17 playoff in each I, conference I, i'm all right with it it's because in, I know at least in the AFC, there's a there's a lot of good teams that are are deserving of getting in the playoffs. I know not everyone deserves a trophy, but I mean there are a lot of good teams. Like even still, like last year, Miami Dolphins didn't make the playoffs at a ten and six record. But over in the NFC, I mean Chicago Bears got in at eight and eight. Just I mean. I'm all right with adding I'm, – I'm all right with the, the extra playoff spot if it's – because some teams are deserving of it, but it could work both ways. A team like the Bears wasn't really deserving, but a team like the Dolphins probably was deserving. So I'll I'll live with the uh, extra playoff spot. I, I'm all right with it. Yeah, I think I think it's like something I, I guess I can live with because, I mean, it's still only 14 out of 32 teams in the – like in the league make the playoffs, which I like. I hate in the NBA how more than half the teams make the playoffs. Like I just I that I absolutely despise. But like I like in baseball, like I, I did not like the expanded playoffs in baseball this past year. I understand why. That's fine, but let's get rid of that. Like you know what I mean? I loved in baseball how it's like only it used to only be eight teams. Now they opened up to ten. I think ten is perfect. A third of the league making the playoffs is a good number. So that's why I kinda liked when it was twelve teams in the NFL. But like I said, I can live with the thirteen, I guess. I think one thing too it does is that it makes that one seed so much more important now because you don't get the um the two seed doesn't get that by now. The two seed has to play the first round of the playoffs. So I do like that. I do like giving you're giving a definitive not only just home field advantage for the whole playoffs, basically the one seed, but now the one seed also gets that uh, extra week to rest up, which that extra week to rest up is now going to be even that much more important because of this 18-week season, and there's still only one bye week. I think that was something that the players probably were definitely pushing for to potentially have two bye weeks, and then that would have been really crazy if we would have had a 19-week regular season. I think two bye, like I think that might have been like a little too long. I think maybe in the future we see them opening up to 19 weeks and having that extra um having that extra week like a bye week for teams so they could have two bye weeks realistically maybe one from like weeks five to eight and then one from weeks i don't know like that nine to 15 or something like that i don't know exactly but um yeah because i i think that like again like i know i think it was a couple years ago or something like the packers had a really early bye like you could have a bye week like week four or week five so now if you have one of those bye with those real early bye weeks now you're going to be playing 13 straight or 12 straight games going into the playoffs. So I think that first seed now means that much more because of this uh, extra game without that extra bye week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, extra game, you have a bye week, week, week four, week five. Yeah. You get an extra, you have to play an extra game, which definitely is going to hurt you for, I'm not going to say hurt you, but it's definitely a disadvantage compared to other teams who have a later bye week. Cause you have to play another game, the more wear and tear on the body, but I guess uh, 2021, we got to adapt to things, and I'm sure the players will be able to adapt to it and find uh, an adjustment to this. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm not worried. Like I said, the first year it's going to be a little weird because it's just new. Like when it's when we don't do anything, we're just human nature. You know what I mean? We're creatures of habit. We change mm-hmm. one thing up, it's going to be a little weird. But uh, I think in the end, ultimately, it is for the better. And like I said, sometimes more football, more football should be good for everybody. So at least that's good. And hopefully, too, like I said, players are getting compensated for this game as their new contracts roll around and they readjust. But uh, 
One thing I didn't talk about, Corey, we didn't even have, but I, I just saw something about it too. There's another rule that they're proposing to change this year, and it comes with jersey numbers. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I can't remember the positions off the top of my head, but it's like it, it's like all skill positions basically. So it's like running backs, um, receivers, tight ends, linebackers, and defensive backs are like there's a proposal for them to be able to wear single digit numbers. What do you think about that? I wait, I I didn't know they. Couldn't wear single-digit numbers. Nah, defensive. like what's we call like defense, like defensive backs can't wear number two. Uh, what's we call running backs can't wear single-digit numbers. Receivers can't wear single-digit numbers. They can wear like running backs. I don't even think running backs can wear. I think running backs have to be like the minimum number for them is twenty. Like, I don't even think they can wear nineteen or eighteen. Yeah, that's it's weird, man. The number system is weird, man. But listen, that's, that's I'm just like, like I know in college, you know what I mean. Like I lo- like Jabril Peppers starts rocking number five for the Giants. That, I mean, sorry, Graham Gano, but that would be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> ah, yeah, I think you should be able to wear whatever number you you want, no matter what position you are. I just think, yeah, it'd be cool to see some DBs rocking number number one or some wide receivers wearing mm-hmm. some single digit numbers. Yeah, I think I, I'm definitely open to that. That. I didn't even know that you couldn't wear a specific number. I just thought, like, typically receivers are going to wear numbers mm-hmm. in the double digits like that. I just didn't know. But, yeah, I am definitely uh, think that's right to expand the numbers. Yeah, uh, like and, like, you, I, I was kind of saying, too, like, these guys, like, wear, like, the single-digit numbers in college, too. And especially, like, what it seems like is kind of getting moving out. I'm getting a little off topic, but, like, how – in like college, like people are like now trying to push for that, like to be able to profit off your name and your image, right? So like Devonta Smith right now has been number six at Alabama for all these years, right? So now if the, if in a couple of years, who knows, or like maybe hopefully soon, like you could start profiting off that. Like Devonta Smith sells merch that's D uh, that's DS DS six, right? Like his initials and then number six. Then he goes to the league and he's not allowed to wear number six. Like that's just so whack. So. I think that would be, like, a pretty cool thing. And like I said, I'd love to see, like, Reggie Bush. Like, Reggie Bush is, like, iconic wearing that USC number five, but then he wasn't allowed to wear number five in uh, the pros. So I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, and, like, Jalen Ramsey, I was, I, read, I saw something on Twitter, too, wants to change his number to number two if that was the case. So I think that would be pretty cool. But uh, that's enough for our rules. Rules are boring sometimes. But uh, a couple interesting spinoffs. I, I think that uh, hopefully it'll better the league. But um, moving on to a couple free agent deals that happened in this past week. These actually happened, I believe, on Friday. Uh, we'll start with, I guess, the biggest one. Nothing too, too crazy. But uh, Leonard Fournette returns back to Tampa Bay. I believe it's like one year up to $4 million. And uh, listen, Leonard Fournette got cut by the Jaguars. Nobody really wanted to trade for him. And it was it was a like a, he, got, he got a slow start. There we go. But uh, like he couldn't overtake Ronald Jones in the backfield. I know I got a lot of hate because I was like, oh, Ronald Jones will carry the backfield for a long time. People were like, no, Leonard Fournette's going to take over in week two. That's why I'm going to trade make a trade for him in fantasy. But uh yeah, listen, at the end of the at the end of the day, uh yeah, come like week seventeen and playoff time, Leonard for playoff Lenny kind of took over and I think that was a really big move for Tampa Bay to bring him back. Yeah, I mean I think it was a big uh big 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 move big move to bring him back. Obviously talented back. Um took over in the champ in the Super Bowl, had that nice had that like twenty eight yard touchdown. And just did really well in the playoffs. Playoff Lenny. He even said last year when he signed with the um, Buccaneers that it felt like last chance you. I guess I know he's still young, but I like pe- people know a running back's career sometimes isn't as long as other positions. So I mean, he's probably happy to get another chance. And yeah, going back to the to the Bucks, obviously good signing for them. Adds versatility to the run game with Ronald Jones. And also, yeah, I wouldn't blame him for coming back because if a team like that wants to take a chance on me, they and then you help him out in the playoffs, you win a Super Bowl, like, why would you go out somewhere else? I know you can make more money somewhere else, but I just think Tampa Bay is the right place to remain. So definitely a smart move by him and the Bucks. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, Fournette, like, I mean, it's crazy to think about. It. I mean, I was only his fourth year in the NFL, man. He got drafted 2017, a fourth overall pick. Now, he has gotten paid, like, a pretty handsome amount because he was the fourth overall pick, so he had a big guy contract, like, that slot. But, yeah, only takes a four. It doesn't really get – only gets one year, only $4 million, but I don't think it's about the money. I think it's about him, again, proving that over a full season that uh, 
he's back to that um postseason form because I mean Leonard Fournette, man, but like coming out of college, this guy was like unbelievable, man. And like it just seems like he hasn't like really lived up to the expectations, especially like three. If you look at the recent top five running backs that were taken, like Ezekiel Elliott was instantly a stud running back. I'm not saying I'm not trying to slight Leonard Fournette here, but like I, I, Leonard Fournette doesn't even have a pro, a pro Bowl appearance yet, right? I don't think so. Like, like maybe his rookie year he made it, but I don't think so, right? So now you're comparing, like, you pick the running back in the top five, and for four years he hasn't made the he hasn't made the Pro Bowl yet. Kind of like a little disappointing. I think he would even agree that like his NFL career hasn't maybe been as well as he expected. But listen, it's definitely back on track, uh, way better than it looked when he got released by the Jaguars. But uh, yeah, good for Fournette, and now this means that. Tampa Bay has returned every starter from their Super Bowl team, which is the first time I think it's ever happened. So, yeah, definitely going to try to repeat. I know, like, the Patriots were players on Fournette, too. That would have been interesting to see how Fournette went there. But, I mean, why would you want to go to the Patriots, man? The Patriots use 17 different running backs. Like, that would have been just like, you know what I mean? Why do you want to go to that committee? Yeah, Fournette. But, uh, I want to go there. But, yeah, yeah, you go, you go. Yeah, no, nah, I was I was gonna move off. You want you want to finish up with anything on Fournette? I'll, I'll move on to the next. Guy. I'm good. I'm good with this guy Fournette. I, I said what I said. Uh, I still got some harsh feelings for the guy. I'm the one that traded for him in fantasy, and he really didn't do anything for me. So yeah, we we can get off this guy. I said my stuff about him. We can go out to the next. <laughs> Lombardi Lenny. Yo, Leonard Fournette was another guy like coming out of college. He was number seven at LSU. Like that'd be so cool to see Leonard Fournette rocking number seven. But uh, moving on to um. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I'll give this guy a little bit of air time because, listen, again, a former top 10 pick from Clemson in 2014. But, again, another guy who I think you'd – like he can't even agree that his NFL career has not lived up to the hype. Sammy Watkins, after a couple years in Kansas City, signs with Baltimore. Baltimore finally gets their big play wide receiver core, their big target number one receiver for Lamar Jackson, and it's <laughs> Sammy Watkins. I mean – this is, like, pretty disappointing, man. You strike out on Kenny Galladay. Allen Robinson gets franchise tag. You don't go sign Curtis Samuel. You don't go sign Will Fuller. You lose out on Juju. You lose out on T.Y. Hilton. So what are we left with? Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. I, I think it's a low-key signing. I mean, I don't <laughs> have, like, that big guy, like, threat like that. Like, Marquise Brown kind of. A small, speedy guy, and Watkins also like just a fast guy. But I think Watkins still has. He was. You have to remember, he was in a Kansas City offense with absolutely loaded weapons. They had Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, you could say Watkins should have been the next, the next guy. I mean, the running back Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like it was just a loaded offense, and Patrick Mahomes is just so good. He's spreading the ball around. So I think Sammy Watkins. You know he has the talent. I know he really hasn't done that much ever since leaving the Bills um, out of Clemson and out of Clemson. But I just think it's not not gonna not a great signing, but I think it's a decent signing. I think Sammy Watkins could be a solid wide um, wide receiver too for that team and could um, could bring some some explosiveness and speed to that to that, that squad more than they already have. Yeah, listen, maybe I'm maybe I'm hating a little bit on Sammy Watkins. I mean, yeah, definitely like naturally talented and gifted. I just think that like the past couple of years, I haven't seen it with him. He's dealt with some injuries too, but um, I guess yeah, the, the I, I hate some kind of pedigree too that at least is walking into that receiver room and Baltimore because I mean right now going into the year they would have had Marquise Brown, uh, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, who's a second year player. Um, is Des Bryant still? Maybe Des Bryant is still under was contract. Willie I don't Sneed know. There? That's, no, they lost Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed signed with somebody too. Did he? Uh, if I had, if the I Raiders? had to like say it, I think it's the Ra- yeah. All right, so it's definitely the Raiders then, if you were thinking that too. But I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Raiders where Willie Sneed went to. So yeah, they, Baltimore couldn't even keep Willie Sneed. But uh, yeah, maybe listen, maybe he could be a good target for Lamar Jackson. Who knows? Kind of like that deep player receiver too that like. What's your McCall? You know what I mean? So who knows? Maybe you can watch. Maybe it'll work. Yeah, hopefully Sammy Watkins uh, can prove some people wrong in Baltimore. Yeah. Do you remember when Sammy Watkins? I think this was like when he was a rookie. Uh, he was playing the Jets and he had like that 88-yard catch, pointed to the stands, and got tackled from behind. Not gonna lie, I don't really remember it. I probably should, but that sounds like a classic Sammy Watkins move. So, I really wouldn't really doubt it, but. 
I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was like a rookie. Definitely look at that. He's like, he's like pointing to like the upper deck in the Meadowlands and, um, can't remember the safety name on the Jets who tripped him up, but yeah, the guy tripped him up from behind. He got tackled at like the five yard line. Did they score a touchdown though? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Uh, Watkins, <laughs> classic Sammy. If they, if they didn't, Sammy probably got his uh, ear chewed off by, head, by his head coach. But yeah. listen, also crazy to think about like Sammy Watkins and that 2014 he got drafted in that wide receiver class. So off the top of my head, they had, like, Mike Evans went seventh in that draft. Obviously, Odell went in that draft, number 12. I mean, kind of disappointing if you think about all three of those guys and their career trajectories where um, Sammy Watkins has ended up relative to that. But it's enough for Sammy Watkins. That's enough to talk about him. We'll talk about a more productive wide receiver, somebody who's been real good these past couple of years. Uh, Tyler Lockett extended in Seattle, got four years, $70 million. I think this is a good deal for Lockett. Um, maybe necessarily somebody too, who like has really come on past couple of years, especially once Seattle moved on from Doug Baldwin and kind of emerged as like, I'm not going to say he's like I, DK Metcalf. I think he's like the true number one is the number one there. But like, I wouldn't call like, like I, I, I'd call him like one, a one B. If you ask me like Tyler Lockett is still like Russell Wilson's guy. Um, and I definitely think, again, this is, this is another move by Seattle this offseason now that they're focusing on making Russell Wilson happy. Cause so far they brought in Gerald Everett. They brought in Gabe Jackson, and now they're locking up Tyler Lockett. So I think this is another good move by Seattle, and it was honestly done not too bad with um, everything that's been surrounding them. Yeah, it's definitely the right – a good move for them, signing Tyler Lockett four years, around 69 mil. Yeah, I, I would, would agree with you on that one. Like, every other game last year, Russell Wilson was, was picking. It was either Lockett or DK, and one of them would either go off, and the other one probably didn't do that much. So, I mean, to have two weapons like that, I think is big. And it also, it shows that Seattle still wants to compete. They still want to contend. They're showing Russell Wilson's the, their guy, keeping one of their, their top weapons. So, I definitely think it was the right move and good for him. Getting 69 mil across four years. So, that, that out, those two on the outside, DK and Tyler Lockett, should remain. Remain one of the best... Um, one of the best duos in the NFL on, on Seattle. And uh, i sure the fans of Seattle are happy about that one. Cool. I'll put you on the spot right here. Where do you put – just off the top of your head. Or, you know, we'll, we'll work this out collectively. Where do you, where you think we're ranking um, that wide receiver duo of Lockett and – what's his name? DK. I think, I'm, I think they're still behind uh, – we'll do pass catcher too. So, like, Hill and what's the word? Hill and Kelsey count, if you like. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, Tyree kill Kelsey. Then – um. Julio and uh, Calvin Ridley, I'd put above them. Yeah. Who else we got? Ju- we Justin got... Jeff and Adam Thielen. Don't sleep on it. <sighs> Who would I rather have, Justin Jeff and Adam Thielen or Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? That is interesting. Mm, I, I think I, I think I'd take Metcalf and what's his name? What's his name? I think I take Metcalf and Lockett. But that one, that one's a toss up. Yeah. I could honestly go for either or. I'd say it's definitely. Definitely top. I would probably put it at third behind Julio, um, Ridley, and then Tyreek and Kelsey. I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is another sneaky duo, but I don't think there's. But I want to put them lock. over, yeah. yeah. Wow, there's some sneaky duos. I mean, even in Carolina, like Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, that, that was a pretty good duo. But yeah, they're not as. Yeah, I think another one. Lockett, yeah, Lockett and DK, I'd probably put top three. Yeah, man. I'm just like trying to think. I mean, if we're doing, like, pass catches, like, I want to put them above, like, like Devontae Adams or Robert Tunyon. I want to put there. Uh, you know who I'd put? Uh, what's his name? Jalen Watt. Uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. I wouldn't put them over. What's that? I wouldn't put that over Metcalf, but that's another one. Uh, you know who I'll put there? Uh, Kenny Galladay and Jalen Waddle. When the Giants take Jalen Waddle at number 11, I'll put them, I'll put them above Metcalf. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Galladay could, could play some games, maybe. Yeah, Kenny Galli, listen, uh, coming off, I think he only played like four games or five games, but he got hurt in the fifth game. So he looked to stay healthy for me to look good there. But, uh, oh, another guy who uh, Seattle brought in, too, they signed him, uh, Carlos Dunlap, who came over from Cincinnati and actually played real good as a pass rusher. That was, like, so weird, too. Like, Seattle's defense, I think they gave up, like, 44 points to – they gave, like, 37 points to Arizona on that crazy Sunday night game, which Tyler Lockett had – 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns in that game. So well-deserving contract. But um, 
Then they drop like 44 points. Buffalo's offense dropped like 44 points on Seattle's defense. And then the next week, Seattle's defense was just all of a sudden like locked down. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, there was like at the, like in the middle of the season, Seattle became like this team that just like their offense was winning their games. And then like their defense like kept them, it was starting to keep them in games. Like, even that game against like the Eagles was so low scoring. The second game against the Cardinals was mad low scoring. So, yeah, maybe Carlos Dunlap is also a sneaky uh, guy that they brought back. Mm-hmm. Carlos Dunlap, definitely. That defense, out of, like you said, out of nowhere, they just that, – that team started to lean on the defense. It really made no sense in the beginning. The offense is carrying the team. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson's getting sacked every play. But they're still in ball games because this team turns in to the 85 Chicago Bears defense. So, I mean, <laughs> Carlos Dunlap, yeah, definitely another signing. In Seattle, China, trying to compete with the big dogs in the NFC. So, bringing back two two of their two of their guys from last year, and hopefully, uh, I don't know how you, you you probably think the Giants uh competing. So, probably not not thrilled with this, but it's good to see a uh, competitive team stay intact. So yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, don't you mean? Yeah, I think like that. I mean, I personally don't know if the Giants are going to be able to make that much noise in the wild card, but I mean, yeah, if they're in the division, you know what I mean? But yeah, Seattle might be a team that's like right around them, like when it comes to competing for a playoff spot. So yeah, definitely will be interesting to see what happens with that. But you kind of mentioned about Seattle's uh, counterparts in their division, kind of alluded to them trying to compete in their division. That's because a couple of days, I believe now this is almost a week ago too, while Zach Wilson was doing that crazy pro day, news breaks that the San Francisco 49ers have made the big splash. They moved up to number three in the draft. They send the number 12 overall pick, a 2022 and 2023 first-round pick, and a third-round pick to Miami in exchange for that third overall pick. And now the question becomes, everybody knows now they are taking a quarterback. Corey, I'll start with you first. What quarterback do you think will – this is a two-part question. What quarterback should the San Francisco 49ers take at number three, and what quarterback do you think the San Francisco 49ers will take? Okay, if we're planning on obviously Trevor Lawrence going one, I believe the 49ers at three should go either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, whichever guy's available, whichever guy the Jets take, if they do take quarterback. But let's say the Jets somehow don't take quarterback. Who do they take, Fields or Wilson? I'm going to ride with my guy. I'm going to say Justin Fields. I'm not even going to talk about how he would fit into that system. I just think Justin Fields is just a talent. And I know Zach Wilson's absolutely unbelievable He at his pro day, but Justin Fields also did really well at his pro day. I don't, I think pro day is a little overrated, but I don't know. I just think Justin Fields should be the, should be the pick. And I think at three, I think that, that they will take Justin Fields, honestly. Yeah, listen, I know you're, you're a lot higher on Justin Fields than like, I think some other people are. I think some people definitely, like, consensusly rate Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. I don't think he's I, – I think, I think Zach Wilson's phenomenal. But, I mean, I think Justin Fields maybe kind of got, like, a little bit of fatigue. Like, we got so used to, like, for the past two years being like, oh, it's Trevor Lawrence. And then right after Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be Justin Fields. And then all of a sudden this year, it was just like, well, what about this exciting kid from BYU, Zach Wilson? I think people just kind of like forgot how good Justin Fields is. Yeah, Justin Fields looked great at his pro day. I agree with you, though. I think the pro day is overrated when it comes to like throwing stuff, but maybe not like when it comes to like physically, like, 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 like maybe the 40, but like, I don't know. I don't love like watching all those just throws on air, man, because every like every NFL quarterback, like, listen, I thought that Zach Wilson made was tremendous, but like a lot of other NFL quarterbacks, like, will, will be able to make that throw. I mean, those guys are. In the elite of the elite, they have crazy arms. Like I remember, like somebody was showing a thing of Drew Locke in his pro day. Then after being like, it's the same throw that Drew Locke made, but that doesn't mean Drew Locke now is just all star in the NFL. But um, I kind of want to get back on topic with this. I personally think that the Jets will go with Zach Wilson, but I do want to bring up this point. There's there are no two front offices and or like maybe two teams you could argue in the whole NFL, with the exception of maybe New England and any of the team, like New England and the Giants because of the Belichick judge or uh, New England and Miami with Belichick and Flores. But now you have, or even the Rams to the Rams and the Lions because of what their GM, but now I'm getting a little off topic, but the 49ers and the Jets probably have a real good relationship, obviously with Robert Sala, uh, Mike LaFleur, both now coaching in New York. 
and coming from San Francisco. So I feel like the Jets, if they have their pick, if they have their mind made up at this point, probably are letting the 49ers know before the 49ers pull that pull that trigger on that trade. So I think like maybe like maybe there's a chance that the Jets told them that look, we're not gonna take Zach Wilson. So I know you guys are really high on them. So you can move up to number three and you can take Zach Wilson because we're going to take whoever we are taking at number two and Zach Wilson will be there for you at number three. Or maybe, like I said, or the 49ers like called up the Jets and were like, look, who are you plan on taking? And the 49ers are maybe like, oh, we do plan on taking just uh, Zach Wilson. And the 49ers are like, great. We want Justin Fields anyway. So that's perfect for us. So let's go move up at number three. So I think that there's a chance to that that the 49ers know who the Jets are picking. I think, like I said, a lot of people are just running that it instantly could be Zach Wilson, but who knows? Maybe they're going to give Sam Darnold another shot, especially with um, by taking another receiver and uh, putting more guys around him and seeing what they can do because it doesn't look like they can trade Sam Darnold. Now, I don't think that's a reason to pass up a quarterback at two, but who knows what they're going to do. I personally think, like, I think it's such a toss-up. I think the timing of the trade, the fact that they traded for um, the number three overall pick before seeing Justin Fields' pro day and I kind of like meeting with him. I think that kind of tells me, though, that they're not going to take Justin Fields, which I think is crazy because I think I think it's really between – I honestly think it's between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And if I had to choose, like – I mean, I I think I think it's going to be Trey Lance, man, because I, I, I know that there's so many reports about how Shanahan loves Mac Jones and about how, like, he'd be a, a perfect quarterback in that system. But, like – I just don't think you trade two future first and a third for like a Mac Jones type of quarterback, like more of this conservative type of quarterback. Like, you, like if you're trading up and investing in that much in your future, you have to go get a guy who could be transcendal, um, transcendal, whatever, however you pronounce that word. I completely botched that. But uh, yeah, so I think I think at that point, then it would lead me to it's got to be Lance or Fields. I personally think that's what the conversation should be. But then with the timing of already seeing Trey Lance in his pro day versus not with Justin Fields. Listen, I think Justin Fields is still available. But, yeah, I honestly think it's going to be Trey Lance at number three. Mm. It's pretty interesting. I, I mean, I just think Trey Lance, he just doesn't have. I mean, yeah, Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State, but like Trey, Trey Lance didn't even play like last year and he's not playing as good teams as Justin Fields. So I know he doesn't have the same weapons, but I would just think Justin Fields is proven. I know. Yeah. Like you said, they made this trade before Justin Fields pro day, but just Justin Fields has all the tools. Like he, he's runs a four, four 40. He, he could launch it deep. He could scramble. He, the only thing is he holds the ball a little long, but I, get, I think they can fix that. So I think if, if Zach Wilson goes two, I think Justin Fields should be the pick at three. And like you said, I it'd be kind of weird to see Mac Jones. No disrespect to Mac Jones. I think he's a very good quarterback, but just him going at number three kind of sounds a little weird because a guy like that usually, I don't know, just type of like a Bama quarterback going in the top three just doesn't seem right in my opinion, yeah. I, I, like I said, like I mean, Tua, Tua did go number five, but I think Tua is like just Tua's like, I think Tua is just a, like a yeah, I, exactly. Like you know, what I, like I think Tua's ceiling is just is, is a lot higher than Mac Jones. I don't have a problem with Mac Jones as a quarterback. I just think that like Mac Jones's ceiling to take him at number three and to go give up future first for him, I think is like I don't know. I think that's maybe a, that's maybe a little much. How I think that's a little overvalued. Maybe they value him more. But yeah, I personally think, and I think too, taking trading up for a guy like Trey Lance who has played fourteen career college games at the FCS level is also insane. If you ask me, that's why I honestly think who the pick should be. I think, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's whoever Kyle Shanahan thinks is what you will call it the best fit, the bet, like who he can develop into the best player. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what I say, right? Kyle Shanahan, quarterback guru, whoever, whoever hopefully is in the system is probably going to be a real good quarterback. Like I think even Zach Wilson behind closed doors would be like, wow, like, I think I'd much rather go to San Francisco than go to New York because I mean, like, I mean, if Zach will, if you put Zach Wilson in this system, will be unbelievable. I mean, if you put any of these guys in the system, though, that's what I'm saying. These guys are going to be real good, I think, working with a guy like Kyle Shanahan. But um, let's kind of like uh focus more on Jimmy Garoppolo now because this guy like becomes a real expensive backup if he's the backup. Core, 
They've said that Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starter and will be the starter, and they're not going to trade him unless they're blown away for something. Do you re- are you calling their bluff? I'm not going to call them. I think Jimmy Garoppolo might stay with the team. No, I think he's going to stay with the team. I think he'll it'll be like he'll start he'll start maybe one or two games. But it's weird though because Jimmy G isn't like that veteran type of player who like would start and then the rookie would just come in and take over. Jimmy G still relatively young. So I'm, I think he'll start the team. I think he'll start the year though on the team and be the starter opening, like the opening week of the season, but I don't expect that to remain long. And then maybe I expect them to ship, try to ship him somewhere if they could, or just hold on to him and wait till the end of the season personally. But I think, I think he'll stay in, Start the season as the uh, day one starter. I don't know about you. Now, see, I, I'm I'm going to disagree with you on this. I think if you give up this much to move up, this guy has to be able to start right away. Like I think you just have to play him right away. And I I don't think there's a knock on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm a lot higher on Jimmy Garoppolo than a lot of people. I think he's a good quarterback in this league. Again, I don't think he's this guy uh, who can who's going to completely elevate everybody around him. But I think I think the biggest measure, like I'm a big proponent of like quarterbacks, like like wins are a quarterback stat. I'll say. Like, I, like, if like the quarterback is the most essential part of the team, you and the, the main goal of football is to win the game. So, like, listen, how it gets done, I don't care. Like, if the quarterback finds a way to win, he finds a way to win. And listen, the 49ers, it's clear over the past couple of years, the 49ers win when Garoppolo plays and they don't win when he gets hurt. So, that's something I don't know. I think that maybe like now this opens the door for a team like New England to go out and maybe get Garoppolo. I think, I mean, I don't know. Now their QB situation is a mess, but like, I would love to see like the Bears like go like go grab yourself Jim, try to go grab Jimmy Garoppolo man like Jimmy Garoppolo is a good serviceable quarterback or even a team like I mean they're in the division but like Washington like give them a call see what they're getting see what they do for Jimmy Garoppolo because I think Garoppolo is still like you said he's still a young quarterback that um listen just a couple years ago man like Garoppolo was he got that huge contract extension he looked like um like the next like young star quarterback I think that maybe we've kind of seen like where his ceiling could cap, but I still think there's a lot more in the tank for Jimmy Garoppolo. I still think he's a very, he's a very deserving starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I would like to see him go to the Patriots where he thrived in uh, a few games that he played there. So I, I think he's going to start as the starter though, unless they, they make a trade late, but I don't know. I just see him staying here and I don't think he, I don't think it's going to be – he's going to start long. I think he'll – I don't know. It's weird because Sam Darnold, when he when he got drafted by the Jets, I don't think he was supposed to start. But he, he ended up getting the start over McCown, I think it was. And No, because they, didn't they have – what's his name? Patrick. Didn't they have like Teddy Bridgewater that year and then they traded him? Dude, I honestly forgot about that. The Jets did have Teddy Bridgewater. I completely right, and then they traded for like a third round pick or something like that to the Saints. Oh yeah, did he? He didn't even play a game for the Jets, did he? Did he didn't play a game. For, he did not play a game for the Jets. Damn, I honestly remember that. Damn, Teddy. Teddy's always doing, been doing, been done dirty. But as I was saying though, Jimmy G, I think he'll start as the starter. But I'd love to see him go to the Patriots where where he thrived in that system once. And I think if he went back there, I think. With a chip on his shoulder, getting dealt by the 49ers where he once took him. I wouldn't say took him, but he was the quarterback when that team made it to the Super Bowl and easily could have won the game. I think he goes back to the Patriots in a system he's familiar in. I think he thrives. So I'd be I'd be cool. That'd be cool to see. All right, last time last time before uh with the 49ers before we move on to another uh draft pick trade that we have to discuss. But uh core, Jimmy Garoppolo goes back to the Patriots, let's say in the draft, like around like the draft time, they trade him for like a third round pick, right? Who's starting yeah. week one for the Patriots, Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton? So you're making this tough. I think, I think Cam Newton starting week one. I, I think he's getting the first chance. I think he not like he probably couldn't have signed with that many teams, but he came back to the Patriots. I know he was a hard worker. So Jimmy G. Coming back in, I know he's familiar with the system, but I just think Cam Newton, despite not having a great season last year, I think he handled it really well, came back. He's obviously been working really hard. I think he gets the first chance. But, like, if he doesn't do his – like, if he plays like he did last year, I think Jimmy G comes right in 
Because last year, I mean, they had Jared Stidham, but I don't think they really wanted to go to him. So they, they stuck with Cam. But I think they bring in Jimmy G, and they see how Cam does in the beginning. And if he plays well, they ride him out. And if, if he starts to not do that well, they, they, they bring in Jimmy G. And then I know Cam's only on a one-year deal, so they see what to do after that. But I think Cam starts week one if uh, Jimmy G's traded to the Patriots. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good quarterback competition. But I, I personally think if you if they trade for Jimmy G, I think I think they'd go with Jimmy G. And I don't know what they would do with Cam because that's kind of like I don't know. I think that's kinda, that kind of be messed up what they did to Cam in this situation. But uh, one one final thing I want to leave off with too. It kind of seemed like the 49ers were hinting that they might go young at quarterback. I know they were kind of like rumors what they that they might go like Mac Jones at number twelve. So but people were like, oh maybe he'll, he might go top ten. But uh, I mean even if you look at like the 49ers, like they paid Trent Williams over uh the offseason then they wanted they, they paid him this huge amount of money and then they gave they have to give fred warner who there's who's their all pro linebacker money so clearly they had to go they're gonna have to go cheaper at some place but then they kind of like tip their hand a little bit i know hindsight's 2020 but like they tip their hand like knowing that they're gonna have a rookie quarterback on that rookie contract for a couple of years so kind of something to like look at like in the future like you kind of like maybe pick up on those little things and like see where a team's heading at because now the 49ers can pay all those guys around them because Garoppolo, assuming maybe maybe this is last this is probably going to be his last year in San Francisco even if he plays out the year they'll be paying a quarterback cheap now for the next four years so something to keep an eye on but um let's move on to the second part of the trade which included the Dolphins again the Dolphins then were owners of the 12th pick for all of about seven seconds they move back up to number six with Philadelphia Philadelphia picks up an extra first round pick from Miami. Philadelphia now has three first-round picks next year if Carson Wentz plays 70% of snaps for the Colts or if they make the playoffs. So that's good for that. But um, I think bo- I think this is honestly a win-win trade for both teams. I think Miami gains a first-round pick, a first and a third, from moving back from three to six, really. And Miami's still going to take the same guy. I mean, now, now you know quarterbacks are going top three. So Miami is sitting on the board at six, and they're either going to take Penny Sewell Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, so or even Devonta Smith, like they still have, they're guaranteed to get one of those first three, and one of those first, one of those four that I've said. So they have their feet up, they're perfectly fine. And Philadelphia, I don't know if I necessarily love the move from Philadelphia. I know I kind of said it's kind of a win-win, but um, like Philadelphia hasn't, you know, Philadelphia has in the last seven drafts has made like 40 something draft picks. And the only pro bowler who they've ever drafted was Carson Wentz. And now he's no longer on their roster. So they have a problem drafting and identifying talent, even in the past couple of years with um, JJ, I think Whiteside, Jalen Rager in the first round, like they haven't drafted great. So like moving down now you're taking like a, maybe a prospect who's not as high on your board. So now it's like, you know what I mean? And like, the, who knows what the Eagles draft board is? Because clearly they've shown that their draft boards all over the place. I mean, they had Rager rated higher than Justin Jefferson at the time. So, yeah, I don't know. Now they might they might play themselves now out of Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. Like I said, now the where Miami could have taken either Waddle or Smith, Waddle, Pitts and Chase would have had a choice at all of those guys. Those guys might all be off the board by the time Philadelphia picks. And it's like, Come like what are you guys doing? Like you needed a pass catcher so bad. You had a good thing. Was it really worth the first round pick? Maybe, but like, like you know what I mean? But like I feel like they kind of miss a chance to get one of those blue chip receiving prospects. Mm, definitely, I think this was a win by the Dolphins. They literally go from three to twelve right back up to six, and I guess they're going to attack of Valor as their as their guy. They know the the Forty Niners want a quarterback and. They wanted a pass catcher or potentially Sewell from Oregon as a offensive lineman. But, yeah, the Eagles moved down to 12 now. And, I mean, their their ability to draft in general has not been good. But their, their ability to draft good pass catchers has been even worse. Like, you're passing up on DK Metcalf and taking J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and then taking Rager over, over Jefferson. I just think at this point, I mean, it's bad. They just don't have good luck and good scouting ability with taking these wide receivers. So I still think they're gonna they're gonna try they're gonna try to go pass catcher, but they're gonna have to. I don't know who their top guy was, but the top guys probably are Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts. Jalen Waddle was hurt all last year, but I think at least one of those guys will be available at twelve. But 
I just think, yeah, they're going to have to just settle for what's left because out of those four guys, I'd say at max two guys left out of those four. So, yeah, I don't I don't really love the move, like you said, of them moving down to 12 as they desperately need a pass catcher. I'd say they had there was a time last year their number one wide receiver was was Greg Ward. He, I mean, Greg Ward's good, but he, he was once a quarterback and pretty much was off the practice squad. So I think they definitely need a pass catcher. And a guy like Jamar Chase would be good for them, and he's definitely not going to be there at 12 now. So a little bit of a head-scratcher, in my opinion, yeah, for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they must have not loved Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, if you ask me, because those guys were, were, were going to be sitting – one of them was going to probably be sitting there for them at uh, 6, and now they both won't make it to 12. I think – Smith has a chance to make it to 12, and I think Waddle probably is now the most realistic target. So maybe Waddle is the highest receiver on their board, and they think that at 12, they're either going to get Waddle or um, somebody else, which falls, which kind of hurts me because I now, I mean, one good thing is the Giants do pick 11th. So I think that, like, if if I find out that if the Giants are taking Waddle and, like, the and that's like the last pass catcher off the board. Let's say like the, or the big four of the big four. So the Eagles are forced to not take a receiver because of that. And it kind of their plan blows up in their face because of the Giants. I would absolutely love that. That would be some great revenge on the Giants. I hope the Giants don't necessarily just take the Waddle because they don't want him to go to the Eagles. But I mean, I personally do not want to see Jalen Waddle twice a year. So like, the Giants are in an interesting situation there. Definitely, um, definitely now with Philadelphia picking right after them. Now they have to think about that maybe a little more than um. In the past, like I remember, like even like this is a while ago. I remember like Buffalo was picking above the Jets one year, like right before the Jets, and I think they were picking. This is 2013, maybe 2012. I think it was 2013, and they traded Tavon. They traded the pick to the Rams, so the Rams picked Tavon Austin. So the Jets didn't take Tavon Austin. They didn't have to see him two times a year. So maybe you see something like that with the Giants of Jalen Waddle. I wouldn't mind that at all. But uh, one final thing that I want to talk about with Philadelphia. Philadelphia wanted to get up into the top three to take Zach Wilson. And when they found out that the price was too high, they were like, all right, we'll settle down on that. Or and they found out that like the Jets, it seemed like we're going to take them at number two and they couldn't trade for the second pick. But what do you think about that? That now the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles are just all over the place at quarterback. They didn't want Wentz. Then they were like, yeah, we'll fire Doug Peterson. We'll make it better with Wentz. And then they're like, oh, never mind. We're trading Wentz. And then it's like, all right, Hertz is our guy. But then it's like, yeah. We'll play Nate Sudfeld down the stretch. It's like they are all over the place with quarterback. Yeah, they really are. I know. I saw something that they said that they weren't. They're, they're like not sure that Jalen Jalen Hurts is their guy in the future. And if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm personally you could take it two ways. You could you could take it as a downer, like kind of like Carson Wentz did when they drafted a quarterback, or you could take it like Aaron Rodgers when they drafted a quarterback and just go absolutely nuts and take it as a lot of motivation. So if I'm Jalen Hurts right now, I'm taking it as motivation. But, yeah, the, they're all over the place. They want to go up to three to potentially get a, a guy like Zach Wilson. And now, instead of going up, they're moving down to 12. So I don't know what it says about them, but they, yeah, they, they really are all over the place trading Carson Wentz. I, if I'm them right now, I think let, let Jalen Hurts get a season under his belt see how he could be, and then if you really don't think – yeah, I don't think this is the year to draft quarterback. Let Jalen Hurts get a year. See if he is your guy in the future. And if, if he has a bad year, there, there's going to be quarterbacks in the following draft. So I would just do that. But it's, it's pretty hectic right now in, uh, in Philadelphia with their front office. But, yeah. Yeah, listen, I'm not necessarily sold on Jalen Hurts. Like, I think I'm maybe not as high on him as also a lot of people are. But um, listen, I mean, you're setting the guy up to fail, though, by doing all this, man. Like, like I think one, like one of the biggest things at some point just, like, is the confidence and the reassurance to Hurts that, like, yo, you're our guy, man. But now, like, Hurts' head's probably got to be in a million different places. Like, oh, like, oh, they want to upgrade for me here. They want to upgrade for me there. And it's like, it's, like, sometimes, like, obviously you have to be able to believe in yourself, you know what I mean, and have that confidence when everybody else doubts you. But, like, it's that time, like, when you when you don't really have necessarily that full confidence in yourself. Like, think about how fulfilling it is when somebody pats you on the back and it's like, no, dude, like, you're our guy, bro. Like, you're our stud. Look what you did down the stretch of the year. You're Nobody else nobody else is done for four touchdowns against the Cardinals and 326 yards. Like, you're our guy. That's why we moved Carson because it's you. So, I think, especially at quarterback in the NFL, man, like, you got to, like, you got to 
keep his confidence up. You can't have him just like questioning these things. So like, I don't, I just don't know what they're doing. And I don't know how you let something like that, like go public that they wanted to move up from uh whatchamacallit. Meanwhile, they could have looked so good and could have been like, yeah, we traded down from number six to number 12 because we decided that we don't even want a quarterback because they, there were some rumors that maybe at six, they would go quarterback. So now they could, they could have played that off as being like, oh yeah, we just traded down. Not because we couldn't get up to number three, but because we didn't want to take a quarterback because we have Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts is our guy. Like, I think that would have been a perfect, that would have been PR 101, PR 101. And yeah, I think that would have worked out well, but it's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're cursed forever after throwing a football game. And honestly, I'm perfectly okay with it. I think now you let Jalen Hurts play this year, and if they're really bad, then you look for your franchise quarterback in next year's draft. Maybe next year's draft isn't as strong as quarterback. I know off the top of my head you have guys like Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler will be in that draft. Those guys are probably going to be the top two quarterbacks. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Like, um, I don't know if Derek King is going to translate to the NFL, but yeah, Derek King I know is coming out. Like, like same thing with like another guy. Uh, what's it? The guy in Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter will come out next year. Brock Purdy, but like I don't know how these guys. Like those guys, those other guys that said last as prospects. But I think I think Howell and what's his name Rattler. Those yeah. are probably like your two like uh, like favorites right now to go number one overall. But. Oh, and oh, the, the, the other guy, JT Daniels. JT Daniels is another guy probably who's going to be up there in the first round conversation, in conversation after he watched him go. But he did, JT Daniels did lose George, a star receiver, George Pickens. So who knows what, what's going to be with Georgia. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. I feel like um, we got to talk a lot more and be a little more free. I feel like we just went uh, pretty well recapping the 17-game season, some of the free agency signings, and, yeah, finally giving more of our opinion on draft day stuff. But, uh, yeah, in the next coming weeks, be sure to keep an eye on our podcast to get more NFL draft news. We're definitely going to go a little more next week, probably into player focus and um, seeing what players we really think are um, like sleepers, maybe in the draft and uh, what players like rating, like rating our best running backs, rating our best receivers, defensive players. But uh, yeah, Corey, is there anything you'd like to uh, leave off with? Not really. Just, just, uh, yeah, just stay tuned for the next episode. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot coming your way. Like I said, be sure to check us check our new baseball podcast out, uh, the Diamond Edition. Uh, that that will also be uploaded once a week, but we'll still be churning out the gridiron once a week because, like I said, we talk baseball, we talk football, we talk everything here on the deep ball. Maybe basketball in the future. I know Corey's begging for it, but uh, yeah, enjoy. Take care, enjoy the weekend, and uh, have a good one.